What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs of Locked on Dolphins. Today on the show, we are looking at some upcoming free agents in the offensive skill positions that may make sense for the 2023 Miami Dolphins. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins, your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Welcome to Locked On Dolphins. If you're unfamiliar, I'm Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, co-founder of the DraftNetwork.com, your host here on the show. And today on Locked On Dolphins, we are exploring the offensive skill group for free agents that may make sense for the Dolphins. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by Nissan. The only thing more exciting than the big game is the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. It's only a few days left until the Super Bowl. Are you ready? The Nissan Aria, the EV for people who love to drive. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Today on the show. We already did the quarterback, the backup quarterback free agency discussion. Uh, we tackled that um, was last week, the week prior. Obviously, the backup quarterback with Tua and the team doubling down and and revocalizing their investment in him. It's prompted a lot of, of attention to the backup quarterback position. So we already tackled quarterbacks. So we got running backs, wide receivers, tight ends today on the show. Is our commitment looking through? Available unrestricted free agents. That's key. Restricted free agency. Uh, not quite as big of an element in free agency as it used to be because more often than not, you just get tendered and you're back with the team that originally had you. Um, but nevertheless, wide receivers, tight ends, running backs is our focus here. And we're using our friends over at overthecap.com to kind of peruse through available players. So for the Dolphins themselves, they have three expiring, four expiring free agents, three of which are unrestricted free agents. Miles Gaskin, seventh round pick with the team, spent the first four years of his NFL career with the Dolphins. Savan Ahmed, restricted free agent. If the Dolphins want him back, he will be back. Jeff Wilson, acquired at the trade deadline. And then, of course, Raheem Mostert. Uh, the salaries for those players on their current contracts or their most recent contracts was $2.1 million for Raheem Mostert, $1.08 million for Jeff Wilson, $895,000 for Savan Ahmed, $651,000 for Miles Gaskin. Okay. The running back group in general has some big names, a handful of big names. And what's interesting for the Dolphins is that. A number of these big names are players that if their incumbent team elects not to bring them back, you've had this pretty extensive gap in free agency where players who aren't re-signing with their original team since Le'Veon Bell signed with the Jets have not touched over $8 million annual average uh, per year on a free agent signed contract with a new team. So you foil that with Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs. Well, those are players that played 75% of their respective offensive snaps 
for the Giants and Raiders, respectively. Two of the more productive backs from a raw volume output. Jacobs, I believe, led the league in rushing this year. They're 26 and 25 years old. They have another contract left in them. This is not a 31-year-old running back. I think they will both break through that glass ceiling, especially with the cap accelerating at the rate in which it is. It's, it's going to be mid-220 million um, for the upcoming year. So that's good news uh, for these running backs that are in free agency. But here's the caveat about Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs. They are the only free agent running backs who exceeded 70% of their team's offensive snaps. And only two more, David Montgomery and Devin Singletary, exceeded 60% of their respective team's offensive snaps in games that they dressed for in 2022. So this is why these players don't have a lot of market because they're playing less than the, the vast majority of them are playing less than 60% of their offensive snaps. And now you get into two players who I think are of interest to the Dolphins because you only had two players that are said to be free agents who exceeded 50%. Raheem Mostert is one. Miles Sanders from the Eagles is other. And then Jeff Wilson is actually seventh on this list at 48.7%. So, um, Six running backs in free agency that played more than half their team snaps this year. You want to know why the running, bar, running back free agency market is down? That's why. For the Dolphins, I don't necessarily believe or have any conviction that this team is going to break the trend and going to go out and spend big-time money on a Saquon Barkley or Josh Jacobs. Devin Singletary, I don't think, is a particularly good fit for the Dolphins. David Montgomery, maybe as a younger version of Jeff Wilson. He's two years younger, but Montgomery has actually had a bigger workload throughout the course of his career than what Jeff Wilson has. So his longevity is something that I, I question, and quite frankly, I don't think Montgomery is an overly explosive player. So I, I'm not particularly incited by him in the same sense of the Sony Michels of the world and the Jordan Howards of the world. Like I think that's the track that David Montgomery is on. So if you're filtering the free agents at running back based on the percentage of snaps that they played, the first two that I'm interested in aren't the ones in the 70% because I think they're going to price themselves out of being friendly additions for the Dolphins. And they're not the two that are in the 60% because I don't think either one of them is a stylistic fit. It's Sanders from Philadelphia and Raheem Mostert. Now, the challenge with Raheem Mostert is he's 31 years old. He has an injury history that is of concern. There's bigger names a little further down here, like Tony Pollard and Kareem Hunt. We're going to talk about them, and I'd include Jamal Williams. But just as far as upper echelon of volume takers of snaps, I think Miami's going to find themselves in a position where you're probably investing middle-tier free agent Dollars And this year, the top tier is, is going to be in a different stratosphere than what it usually is. Usually, the cap is $8 million. Middle tier, middle tier is 2 to $4 million per season. Ironically enough, the bigger contract the Dolphins gave out to a running back was for Chase Edmonds, and he promptly found his way off the roster because he was an inside zone runner who struggled with the wide zone stuff, but then also was not keying and, and reading the front for his inside zone stuff, particularly all that well, and left some yards out on the field. 
So I'm going to read through the rest of the names as far as names who I think are interesting for the Dolphins. Uh, Tony Pollard, Dallas Cowboys. He's going to be he's going to get the bank. Jarek McKinnon, Kansas City Chiefs. Kareem Hunt, Cleveland Browns. Jamal Williams, Detroit Lions. I'll pass over Kenyon Drake. I'll pass over Daryl Henderson. I'll pass over James Robinson and Alexander Madison. Uh, Damian Harris, New England Patriots, is a name that would be of interest to me. Rashad Penny, Seattle Seahawks, of interest to me, absolutely. That's probably the extent of the free agents that I think are, are reasonable fits. For the Dolphins, we're going to talk about why. Those are the names that I feel are reasonable fits for the Miami Dolphins, but not before we talk about our friends over at Prize Picks who do daily fantasy right. Pick two to six players. If they go more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25x your money on your entry. There's no competing against other people. It is you versus the projections available in-house. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch, and entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. With safe and fast withdrawals, it is currently operational in over 30 states in Canada. So download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. So you put in a hundo, they're going to give you another hundo. You put in 50, they're going to give you another 50. Don't forget them to promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. So we mentioned Tony Pollard. Uh, Tony Pollard has been, from the ratio of production high to snap share low, probably the most productive player on this list. Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley get production, but they are 30% greater snap share percentage than what Tony Pollard is. Uh, Jarek McKinnon is an interesting one. Um He's the same kind of skill set as Raheem Mostert. He's the same age as Raheem Mostert, but he's a little cheaper than Raheem Mostert. And quite frankly, he doesn't have the, um, the injury history of Raheem Mostert. It would be an interesting pivot if the Dolphins wanted to go in a different direction or if Mostert got his legs up under him and, and has a little bit greater market than maybe the Dolphins are anticipating. I would still prefer to get the player you know is going to click in the system and figure something out that's team-friendly and Raheem Mostert-friendly and get that done. But if you have to pivot, Jarek McKinnon, from a skill set perspective, brings you the same kind of burst and juice as an older back, uh, but is slippery and can get the edge. That is uh, a name for me that I do have kind of soft-circled as a backup player. If we continue onward with the names that we said were fits, Jamal Williams is the Jeff Wilson type replacement. Well, the challenge about Jamal Williams is he's the same age as Jeff Wilson. His dollar amount on his contract was greater than Jeff Wilson. And he just set a Detroit Lions franchise record for rushing touchdowns. Now, he wasn't overly productive per touch. He just found the end zone a lot. And when I say a lot, I mean a lot, a lot. He did rush for 1,000 yards this year, 262 carries for 1,066 yards across 17 games, and he scored 17 touchdowns. And he caught 12 passes for 73 yards. So this is a, a player who's largely been a non-impact in the passing game. 
but he nearly doubled his career high in rushing attempts or in rushing yards. And he scored more touchdowns. I'm going to do quick math here, which is always a dangerous proposition for me to do it in my head. But four plus three plus one plus two plus three. He scored more touchdowns this season than he did in his first five seasons combined. You want to talk about a player whose market has never been higher. Jamal Williams qualifies. So I would imagine and envision that getting Jeff Wilson under contract will be more probable and more feasible for a good value than getting um, Jamal Williams under contract. Kareem Hunt, uh, I mean, he's on a $6 million per year as the backup in Cleveland, and they have Nick Chubb. Can't imagine they're going to pay him. He's 28 years old. Does he get a two for 12, a two for 14? Like that's kind of the stratosphere I would expect for Kareem Hunt. I think that's probably the, like I said, I'd expect Miami to be in the bottom part of the middle class of running back contracts. So that's probably still a little out of their range. I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised if they, they went that path. But there's a player here, Rashad Penny, who... If, he, if, if this player can stay healthy, if Rashad Penny can stay healthy, this is a player I would sprint to get a contract done with. Here's Rashad Penny was a controversial first-round pick for the Seattle Seahawks back in 2018. They used a pick in the 20s on him, 27th overall. And it was this big surprise because they had all these running backs, and you kind of wondered, you know, what's the deal? What's... What, what What's the plan with Rashad Penny? And then his rookie season, he touches the ball 94 times, has less than 500 yards of scrimmage, and then his second season in the NFL, he misses six games, and he touches the ball 73 times, less than 500 yards of scrimmage. Then he misses 13 games in 2020. But then 2021 happens, and specifically the back half of 2021. Penny rushed the ball. 119 times for 749 yards and six touchdowns. That's an average of 6.3 yards per carry, and he did that across 10 games. An average of 75 rushing yards per game on 12 attempts per game. The production was outstanding. And then this year, in the first five games before he got hurt, he was averaging 70 rushing yards per game and had 6.1 yards per carry. So 6.2 yards per carry total. Across his last, again, I'm going to do math here. Apologies. It's about 180 rushing attempts, had eight rushing touchdowns, and is over nearly 1,100 rushing yards. In like the last 10 games, 12 games. And then he got hurt again and he missed the rest of the season. So this is the kind of gamble that some Dolphins fans might eye roll and say, okay, Kyle, you're going to go bet on another injury prone running back. But if he hits, and even if he only hits for part of the season, he's big, he's fast, he's explosive. I mean, this is a dude that's 220, 225 pounds. That's in the, the upper 21 miles per hour on the gun in the open field. He's physical, he can block, he's a do-it-all type player. And Seattle is probably going to go in a different direction. If you told me you had a speed to the edge guy and Rashad Penny was your 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 bigger body back in a in a stable, and then you drafted another bigger body back on day three, 
to protect yourself. I'm all in. Now, financially, it's going to have to be in the right stratosphere. This is probably a Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson type of contract. So probably a, a $2 million prove it deal. And you got to be able to stay healthy. It's a calculated risk, but just like with other spots across the roster, you're going to have to make some calculated risks. You're going to have to take some gambles. You're going to have to hope that you get a little lucky. But the conditions are here for this to be a player who has a career year, because if it doesn't happen now for Rashad Penny, it never will. It's now or never. And he can't control the injuries. But he can control his preparation. He can understand what's at stake. He can pick a situation that is friendly for him to bet on himself, and boy, oh boy. You just know Mike McDaniel and the Miami Dolphins, they're probably chomping at the bet to get a little bit better in the run game than what they were last year. That's my two cents. Let's shift over to wide receivers. The biggest money players who are scheduled to hit free agency. There's not there, there's only three that are in 10 plus million dollar average per year territory. You have Michael Thomas from the Saints, Nelson Aguilar with the Patriots. That's a gag of a contract. Uh, DJ Chark, Detroit Lions. Then you have a drop. Your next stratosphere, you have two players that their average dollars were $6 million or more. Marvin Jones, Jacksonville Jaguars, Julio Jones, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now you're dropping into the $4 million and less bucket. Byron Pringle, Alan Lazard, Jacoby Myers, Deontay Hardy, Juju Smith-Schuster, A.J. Green, who just retired, Sterling Shepard, Jarvis Landry, Randall Cobb. Those are all between 4 and $3 million apiece. And you have 38-year-old Matthew Slater as a special teams guy, T.Y. Hilton, Cam Sims, Nikhil Harry, Ashton Dulles, Olamide Zacchaeus, Matt Collins is back on the free agent market. He's earned himself probably a really nice deal after a good productive year with the Raiders as their number two, Jameson Crowder. Sammy Watkins, Andre Roberts, Josh Pascal, Marquise Goodwin, Brashad Perryman, me, Cole Harmon. Trent Williams is on this list. Um, River Craycraft is on this list. That is it. You have to figure the Dolphins will be segueing and transitioning into Eric Ezukama having a bigger role in the offense. If that's the case, I don't think you're going to be big players on anything unless you want to transition away from Cedric Wilson, in which case you could probably bring one of these guys back. I wouldn't be mad if both of them were back, especially River Craycraft's less than a million dollars on his in his salary. And Trent Sherfield was 1.2. Well, these are financially very feasible players to bring back and just keep the entire room intact. I wouldn't be mad about. But if you were going to start flipping things around and swap players out, Trying to see who else is in that. Mac Collins. Maybe Matthew Slater. Play him on special teams. You want to get a special teams boost, go pay Slater as a free agent. Now he's 38 years old. You kind of know he's a short-term deal, but I have to imagine Trent Sherfield or River Craycraft will be short-term guys too. There's a whole gaggle of guys that I think are interesting, but their exclusive rights are restricted free agents. So they're not really... Uh, like Nick Westbrook-Akine from the Tennessee Titans. Restricted free agent. So you're not going to be able to touch him unless you give up additional compensation, and that's not really a world that I'm interested in living. 
Jake Kumro from the Bills, another dirty work type player. Justin Watson from the Chiefs, some perimeter speed, special teams prowess. Cadero Hodge, Atlanta Falcons, special teams element as well. There's some guys here, but but the roles that you're looking for these players to fill are generally speaking, I don't want to say easily replaceable, but easily found and not highly coveted or not highly paid. If it's me, I'd just bring back Trent and probably River. i trade Cedric, and I'd use Azucamna to elevate into that spot on the death chart and, and let things sort themselves out that way. We do have tight ends to tackle, but before we get to tight ends, do need to tell you about our friends over at Bill Bar. Bill Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and that may sound like BS, but I promise it's not. These things are high in protein, high in fiber, but low in calories, low in sugar. They have 100% chocolate on all of their bars. Absolutely delicious. It's the life hack you didn't know you need. So head to your nearest Walmart, go to the pharmacy section and grab a four-bar box, or go to Sam's Club and run and grab the 13-bar box of some of our favorite flavors. Churro's one of mine at the top of the list, Bill Puff. Make sure you thank me later. Tight ends, bringing us home here today on the show. One tight end who's at the top of the market for the Dolphins, Mike Isecki, 45% of snaps played. And I think that's that's the rub, right? Because I'm looking at every other tight end that was paid more than $4 million this year. That's a free agent. And there's four total. Austin Hooper with the Titans, Evan Ingram with the Jaguars, Dalton Schultz with the Cowboys, and Mike Gusecki with the Dolphins. Nobody else got more than $4 million. And nobody else played less snaps than Mike Gusecki did for their respective offense. Hooper was 47%, Evan Ingram was 77%, Dalton Schultz was 70%, and Mike Gusecki was 45%. And Mike was the highest paid tied with Dalton Schultz out of all. We won't bemoan it. We've discussed it. We've talked about it. We've highlighted it. We've talked about how we'd like it as a mulligan and like to have it back and not spend that dollar. But they did. And you got a player who made some plays for you. But ultimately, at the end of the day, was not a systemic fit. Conflicted within the, the core values that you saw illustrated throughout the rest of the offense. And you paid him top, top market dollar for. That's, that sucks. <laughs> For being honest, the good news is I think you have a number of players at the tight end position in free agency, whether you want well-rounded players or if you want just blockers. I would expect Evan Ingram re-signs with the Jaguars. He was awesome for them this year. He signed a one-year deal worth $9 million, former first-round pick. Uh, this year, he caught 73 passes for 766 yards. Those were both career highs for him. I'd expect Evan Ingram is back. You know, we know Doug Peterson loves himself some good tight end play. He had a lot of good tight end play in Philadelphia. Dalton Schultz, it sounds like Dallas is going to transition for, away from, especially with their, their free agent market or their, their salary cap outlook. Schultz can be a fit, but I don't think in the stratosphere that, that where you're looking at him right now. I don't think that's an appropriate 
stratosphere in the eight plus million dollars per year range. Um, a little bit more of a zone winner as a pass catcher. He can block, but he's not really a mauler in the run game. He's not dynamic after the catch. He's a good player. And I think he'd be the systemic fit, but he wouldn't be a standout or stalwart. I don't think the ceiling would be worth probably the price stratosphere. Somebody's going to pay him relative to his receiving production. Robert Tunyon, I'm interested. Green Bay Packers, $3.75 million. He's on an expiring contract. He played 54% of the snaps last year. Hayden Hurst, Cincinnati Bengals. Consider me very interested. $3.5 million is his market. He played 49% of the snaps last year. He's still an athletic receiving type, but he's a better blocker than Mike. And he's a more fluid player, and he's a better run-after-catch option than Mike. Dan Arnold with the Jaguars. A little bit of an unsexy role that he fills, but he's an inline tight end. Uh, He was paid $3 million. He played 12% of the snaps for the Jaguars last year. Uh, Drew Sample, another former second-round pick, and, and again in Cincinnati. Uh, durability's been a big thing for him. Struggled to stay healthy, but he's a big-bodied guy. Uh, certainly could play the inline role. Financially, he's going to be cheap. Uh, you could probably do a one-for-one one, uh, for him versus what you paid Adam Shaheen, and hopefully Drew Sample is able to stay healthy, and, and you know you, you get a player who can contribute to your roster, given that Shaheen was traded and then failed the physical, and then the team put him on IR, and Two and a half million dollars is what he was paid. You could probably get sample for less than that, I would imagine. For a shot in the dark, rolling the dice. Looking through the rest of the names, uh, you have a, a number of I don't want unsexy players is probably the, the proper description, but at the same time, that that's kind of what you're signing yourself up for for an inline tight end. That's not going to be a volume player in the passing game. Players like Nick Vanette with the Saints or O.J. Howard, who played with the Texans, former first-round pick, is kind of phased out, uh, kind of stagnant as a player, really, is what O.J. has had to battle with. Uh, Foster Moreau with the Raiders is a name that I am particularly interested in. It's a blue-collar type player from LSU, played two-thirds of the snaps this year. Uh, Obviously, that was boosted to some degree by Darren Waller not being available for the Raiders. Uh, but Foster Monroe, he's 26 years old. He can play in line. He's got good straight line speed, uh, but his, his MO is, is more of a blocker being the blocking tight end to foil against what Darren Waller uh, was for the Raiders. So he missed two games this year, but he's played 65 plus percent of the snaps in each last two seasons. And he was a special teams player at 50% of the snaps on special teams in his first three seasons in the league. He's been in the league four seasons. The last two seasons, he's caught 63 combined passes for just short of 800 yards and five touchdowns. This is a guy to watch. Put the star next to his name. Here's the challenge. (laughs) Over the cap has a a free agency valuation for Foster Moreau. And his projection... Comes in probably around a $10 million total contract player. So this is this is not a small signing you'd be making. And that's not $10 million per, that's $10 million for a total of a contract. So that, that, that's maybe 
three and a half to five million per, depending on how many years you want to give him on contract. The Dolphins can easily get that done, and they can manipulate the cap in a way that would would get it to be done. The question is, how many other teams are lining up to give Foster Moreau a run and give him an honest look and give him some honest consideration? I don't have the answer there. But Foster Moreau is kind of the unheralded name here to soft circle. Um, you get guys like Donald Parham with the, the Chargers, but he's a restricted free agent. Travon Wesco with the Bears is an H-back type player that might McDaniel might have some fun with. Richard Rodgers with the Chargers. Eric Saubert with the Broncos. I mean, the, the, these are all probably ideally tight end threes, if we're being honest. But it, it, it gives you a nice illustration of names that, hey, you know, maybe maybe we can dial in here or dial in there and Drew Sample and Foster Moreau. And, or, or if you want a, more of an all-in-one player, you can go try to make a run at Hayden Hurst knowing that he's probably going to be $6, 7000000 million per season would be my guess just off the top of my head. Same draft class as Mike. More complimentary player. That's going to be a fun room to retool. And if I'm the Dolphins, I'm flushing the whole thing out of the system and I'm, I'm starting over. I think you could probably, from a financial standpoint, justify keeping Hunter Long, but there's nothing from a dead cap perspective that's forcing you to keep him uh, if you just kind of have the feeling it's not going to work out. We'll see what the Dolphins do. So make sure you hit subscribe, follow along. We're here all the way. We're going to talk offensive linemen next, uh, tomorrow on the show. So plan accordingly. Hit subscribe, Kyle Krabs. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Appreciate you guys checking out the podcast. Make it a great rest of your day. Talk with you all again tomorrow. Fins up.